Welcome to the Seek First CEO Podcast, a community for high-achieving kingdom women committed to seeking God first and keeping God first in all we do. If you believe you're called to impact the world through your gifts, then you're in the right place. Hi, friend. I'm Heather, teacher turned speaker and your host of the Seek First CEO Podcast. I'm passionate about helping ambitious, servant-hearted women find their worth in whose they are, not what they do. As a certified master neuroscience life coach, I help you connect the dots between biblical principles and brain science so you can take your thoughts captive and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I don't do surface, so we go deep here and we talk about the stuff underneath the surface because I wanna help you get to the source of your heart set and mindset roadblocks so you can have breakthrough by aligning your heart and mind with biblical truths. If your heart's desire is to grow in your relationship with Jesus, while fearlessly fulfilling your purpose and calling, then let's open up the word together and see what the Holy Spirit has to say about living your life in flow with Him. Are you ready? Then get excited for today's episode. Hello, friend. Welcome to the show. Oh my goodness. I'm super excited to introduce to you a friend. Actually, I met several years ago. I've shared a lot with you guys that I've had the stirring in my heart to write a book and and speaking is one of my things. And so a few years ago, actually 2019, attended the She Speaks conference by Lisa Turkhurst. And there was an amazing group of women that I got to meet at, uh, at that conference. And Rachel Adams is one of the guests. She is the guest today. And I met her through, I was thinking about it this morning, Rachel, like, wow, that is just so cool. And it's been so fun to watch your journey go from dreaming of writing this book to actually writing the book and, and your podcast and just all these things. So, uh, without further ado, Rachel, welcome to the show. Heather, thanks so much for having me. And I was actually thinking the exact same thing because it has been, I think, you know, even though I, I follow you online and we'll comment here and there on each other's things to actually have a face-to-face conversation, it's been three years. Um, and just to see what the Lord has done in both of our lives, um, we just owe it all to him and it's, and it's exciting and it's an honor to be here today. Yes. So, so good. I, I know I was thinking about that this morning I, before we even recorded, I said, Rachel, like God's put a stirring in my heart to write a book. Actually, a year ago, he told me to write the book. And having been through that process, I I know that there are a lot of women who um, are in, you know, listening to this podcast kind of in my circle that the Lord's told them to write a book and they haven't done it yet. So I know your testimony of the process and what this has looked like. And, you know, we both attended this conference thinking, God, I know you have more for me. And I just don't quite know how that looks. I remember you even had interviews set up with some of the publishers. And I was like, oh man, you were like, so together. You had your, you had all your, like, just, you had everything together. I was like, man, this girl's, this girl's got it going on. So I would love for you to share a little bit of your, well, first of all, tell everyone who you are. Uh, you're an, you're an author. You are a podcaster. We'll get her podcast to YouTube, but tell a little bit about just your personal life. And then I'd love to get into your journey of going from the dreaming of writing the book to actually doing it. And then, and then putting it out there for the world. So Heather, it's so funny you say that I looked like I had it all together because maybe on the outside, I looked like I did, but on the inside, it it was like just a mess. And that's how I feel most days. And isn't that probably just the case when we look at everybody's like outer exterior, we just assume that, you know, (laughs) they have it together and on the inside, what they may be really feeling. So that's just a good reminder for me, like perception and assumptions are always the case, right? Um, so yeah, so a little bit about me. I am a small town Kentucky girl, born and raised here. Um, my family and I, we live on um, a small 
hobby farm, so to speak. My husband and I, we've been married for 16 years. We have two children, Will and Kate. They are both middle schoolers. And um, yeah, and so in the my free time, other than caring for my family and serving some in my church, um, I, I really honestly like just I, I'm with my computer and my keyboard and, and my microphone podcasting and writing. And it really is. I told my husband the other day, I could, I could do this kind of work and talk to people like you and talk to other women all day, every day. It, it really is the joy of my life to, to be in God's word and to share what he is speaking to my heart in hopes that it helps somebody else's, um, heart. And it's one of those things that, as a friend of mine, she said, you know, what would you do for free? And I'm like, this is what I would do for free. And many times I do because it's such, um, just this labor of love. So, um, that is really, um, what I do. I mean, most of my days are just pretty ordinary doing dishes, taking walks, doing some laundry, changing sheets, running errands, taking my kids to school, picking them up, um, going to ball games and plays, you know, I think, um, as a mom and a wife and just a friend and a daughter and a sister, you know, the, all those roles that we, so many of us have just trying to steward those, uh, well. I love that. And I think that's something so good for us to remember that even like saying it looked like you had it all together. I mean, it did. I thought, man, this girl is, cause I went there thinking I have no clue why I'm here. I just really feel the Lord's telling me to come. And, uh, and then seeing other people knowing a little bit further along, like, okay, this is what I'm doing. It was, it was inspiring. Right. Uh, but I love it. The honesty of the, your humanity, right. Even in that, like, Hey, yes, I am an author. Yes. I I'm a podcaster. Yes, I am this. And I'm a daughter. I am a mother. I am a wife. And we can so often, especially in the entrepreneur space, we wear those titles of like who we are. And we kind of forget, pull back all those layers that we are. And I, I hate the word just, but for the sake of like, we're, we're, we're just, we're just people. Anyone who's fulfilling their calling, like they're, they're just another person, hopefully seeking the Lord and doing what he's asked us to do. Okay. So tell, tell me a little bit about when did God tell you, or when did you feel that stirring of he was calling you to write a book? So, um, and I, I want to go back to the beginning and I, and I hope that this is, but I feel like it's, it's relevant oh, yeah. to the conversation. So I, I was saved as a middle schooler, um, but really mainly out of fear of the Lord. I just didn't want to go to hell, but I didn't truly, um, I wasn't serious about my relationship with the Lord until I had my son. There was something about being a mother and God has entrusted me with this human being's soul, <laughs> mind, body, heart, and soul. And I just, I just started to then dive into his word, started to get plugged into church um, a woman at church uh, saw something in me and I really, I don't know what she saw in me, but she just said, Rachel, I just feel like you should, would you lead a Bible study? And I'm like, oh, I don't know that I can lead a Bible study, but I'll be happy to facilitate <laughs> a Bible study. I'll, I'll, I'll brew the coffee and order the books and we'll dive in together and have some good conversation. And so it was, it was actually during one of those Bible studies that I was, you know, watching, we, we would do, you know, Beth Moore or Priscilla Schreier or someone. And during one of those videos, I just had this like small little whisper, like, Rachel, you could do that. And that's all it was, you know? Okay. So then, you know, the, our Bible study group gets together and we go to a women of joy. I don't know if anybody's been to any of those conferences and there are, you know, lots of speakers and worship leaders up on stage. And again, I had another nudge, just the soft whisper, Rachel, you're going to be up there one day, not at women of joy. Maybe. I mean, I, if dreamers can dream, that would be fabulous. Um, 
And so it just, it began with those little nudges. And then um, I woke up, I had just read a book called The Happiness Project. And it was this, I don't know, I don't know if anybody has ever read it. Um, but I, I, and I agreed with so much that was in it, but it was all about like our happiness, the search for our happiness. And I thought, okay, I get that. But from a Christian lens, what does that look like in our own lives? Like um, when, when we're trying to make other people, when we're trying to um, do this, love God first, but then love other people with our lives. And so uh, I woke up one morning with this idea called the service project. I felt like, because I had felt this stirring inside of me that the more I gave of myself, which seems countercultural or counterintuitive, that the more I gave of myself, the more fulfilled I felt. And so I just started to wake up early. My kids were young and I just thought, I'm going to just dive into what it means to be a servant, what it means to just, just open my Bible, sat with my laptop and like, okay, God, how, what, how can we live out our faith uh, practically as a servant, like, like Jesus did. And so that's how, that was the first nudge. And I didn't know what I was going to do with it. And then I had the, the same woman, her name is Sarah, that had seen something in me that asked me to lead a Bible study. She attended, she speaks. And she said, Rachel, you should attend this. Just what do you, what do you think? You've, I know you've been writing a little bit. And so it's funny, Heather, because I actually went to She Speaks for the first time in 2018. And so that very first time that I attended, I felt probably like you did in 2019. Everybody there looked like they had it all together. They were all talking to each other like they knew each other. And I felt like I did not belong. And then I had some of those meetings you were talking about. It was um, with some acquisitions editors and some agents. And um, that validated those meetings that I had with those women validated that I didn't belong. They hated my idea of the service project. Um, and they pretty much told me as such, they were kind of cold, if I'm being honest. And so I went back to my room and I, I literally debated on packing my bags. Like, Lord, I must have heard you wrong. This, this little nudging, all these little stirrings in my heart, uh, you know, I misunderstood you. Why in the world am I here? And for whatever reason, I just felt another quiet nudge to, to turn on some worship music and Lauren Daigle's song, You Say, came on. And it begins, for those that don't know it, or maybe you do, but need reminded, or begins with saying, I keep fighting voices in my mind that tell me I'm not enough. And that's exactly what was happening. I was listening to what all the world and all the people and everybody else in the industry said that I was, and I was letting them speak more life into me than I was allowing the Lord to speak into me. And so I stayed. Um, because I, it, he reminded me through a Lauren Daigle song <laughs> of, of my identity and whose I was. Um, and so I, I stayed and I met some people and I learned a lot about the process. Um, and I will say that in one of those meetings, a woman, I had this um, moment in a church pew um, before I went and there was a love offering envelope in front of me. And I had, again, this quiet whisper, Rachel, you are my love offering. I've given you my love. And so how are you going to offer this love to other people? And so I'd made like a 31 day love offering calendar and I'd put it on my website before attending the event. And one acquisitions editor said, I like this idea about the love offering. And so that was it. That was the one little nugget of truth. And so I thought, well, maybe that's what it should be. Um, so I, uh, 
believe it or not, fast forward to the following year, I, I attended the year I saw you at She Speaks. I came with a new proposal. It was called the Love Offering because then I started the Love Offering podcast. Um, and then I met with agents and acquisitions editors again. But this time, an agent said, I, you know, Rachel, I don't necessarily think this idea is the one that we should publish, but I do like you. And so what would you, how do you feel about working together, working on your proposal together? Are you willing to put in the work? And so I prayed about it and and felt like the Lord was leading me in that direction to work with this agent. And um, we worked on that proposal for two years together. There were so many times, I mean, honestly, that I, I, we went through hundreds of titles and taglines. And at one point I just, I literally said, Lord, I, I have nothing left. Obviously again, I, I, I can't do this. You know, whatever you've called me to, you know, maybe I'm not cut out for it. I'm not creative enough or whatever the excuses are in fear and all, you know, all the voices in our head again, that tell us we're not enough. And I sent all this junk drawer of ideas to a friend. And I said, can you make any sense of this? You know, this is, this is my last ditch effort. This is my Hail Mary. This is all I've worked for the, for the last two or three years. Can you help me? And she sent me back. She did. And she sent me back an idea and it was called simply significant. I'm like, Oh, I love that. Sent it to my agent. She loved it. I got to work on a proposal. Then it was like all this preparation, all this time that we spent that God really in retrospect, I didn't know it at the time, but God was preparing my heart and my mind and my family and all the things. And, um, and at that point we, we, it was like, God just took it and went and it went fast because then we immediately, we pitched it to publishers. We got several offers, praise the Lord. And, um, the one place that just really loved the idea, didn't want to change the heart of it, but wanted to change the title. Interestingly enough, they changed it to a little goes a long way, 52 days to a significant life. Um, and so it was the same concept, but it was one that I loved even more than what I even began when I first pitched in 2018, then when I pitched in 2019 and all the hundreds of, of titles and taglines in between. And so I really feel like this is the, this has been my heart all along and it just took a really long time. Well, four years, in fact, to, um, help it and make it come into fruition. Um, and so, yeah, so that's, I started, I signed with the publisher last year and I wrote the manuscript and then the book comes out October 4th of, of 2022. Oh my goodness. I love it. And thank you. Thank you for sharing the behind the scenes again, when you can wear that title of I'm a published author, you know, all the things, a lot of times we don't see the work behind it. And I think it's not ironic at all. The title of your book, a little goes a long way. What a good reminder for our heart that the little things matter to God, the little yeses, the little steps of obedience, the little faith. Sometimes it is little like a mustard seed, right? That as we keep going and, it, and sometimes again, like we see the, the fruit of it, we don't realize the planting and the tilling and the watering and that all of that, the Lord spoke very significantly to me through a garden. And when I found out you had a farm, I was like, Oh, I bet the Lord speaks to her as she is doing some things in her farm and just showing, showing her what he's actually, cause God is a farmer. He's a gardener. 
And so the little he's done, sometimes it can seem so insignificant. Oh man, this is so good. Um, and I just want to go back to something else because I think this is so important. And you started by sharing that that woman, Sarah, in your church had a, she saw something in you, man, how incredibly special is it that we can see something in other people? And that might be the seed that literally God wants to use to plant this dream and this, this thing that he is calling that person to do. And so I think just, I am just so in awe of Sarah. I think about birthing a nation. I mean, I, I was going all there in my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, like birthing, you know, like, oh, this woman, Sarah, I don't even know Sarah, but I want to give Sarah a hug because Sarah saw something in you and she believed in you. And so often we have to, we get to be that for other people. And so now as you've done the process and you've, you've cried, I'm sure. And you've done all the emotional work that you get to look at somebody else and say, there's something in you that you don't see yet. I'm going to help pull that out of you. I'm going to point you in the right direction. Maybe go to the, go to the conference, book the call like whatever that looks like. And so I think that's such a, a big piece to your story that that cost us nothing. Mm -hmm. That is serving, right? So often, especially as leaders, as people in authority or a platform, sometimes pride can creep in and we start to think like, Oh, look at me. But really that is such a servant heart. And that's like the mission behind everything kind of started that like, Lord, teach me what it means to be a servant. Teach me what it means to serve others instead of serving myself. And that believing in other people costs us nothing. And yet it can be everything for how God's going to work in somebody else's life. That is so good. So good. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just was going to say, you know, I, I, cause there, I, there's several devotions actually that you just touched on that are actually in my devotional, but it's like a little dream can go a long way. And I'm just reminded how God, you know, you, as you think back to just a little girl or just those quiet nudges that you feel like God has just told you, you know, like Heather for you, write a book and it, and it comes in a quiet way, but it, it all also happens. Like our dreams is they're not just for us. They're not just for our benefit. God has given this. And I'm given that, like, I'm reminded of Joseph. God gave Joseph a dream when he was a teenager, but it, it took years to come into fruition. And he went through a lot of, you know, he went into the prison, into the pit, and he had to endure a lot of things to prepare him for what God had for him before he actually, um, his dream came to fruition. But that dream uh, was actually for the benefit of others to save an entire um, nation from famine. And so the same is true for us with our dreams, our dreams, God has given us, yes, they benefit us, but gosh, how many other people, um, can we lift up with them and help with them? And then I'm just reminded too, of a little belief of a little belief in somebody can go a long way. That was the case with, um, my friend, Sarah, that was like, that's the case with my husband, my husband. I mean, I honestly, Heather, I have, um, a lot of insecurity and inadequacy, just this feelings that like, I'm, I'm not enough. And so my husband has often said like, Rachel, if you could see yourself through my eyes, it would change your world. And I feel like the Lord is saying the same thing to his daughters. Like Heather, if you could just see yourself through my eyes, it would change your world. Um, and I think he's saying that to every woman listening today, like who, who does God say you are? And um, and in fact, I interviewed a woman, actually Karen Kingsbury on the podcast, and she's, she's a New York times bestselling author and she's a fiction author and growing up, her dad told her, Karen, somebody has to be the next New York times bestselling author. It might as well be you. 
And I just, it just makes me stop and wonder what if he hadn't spoken that into her? What if he hadn't believed that she could do it? Would she have? Maybe. Um, But because he did just think about like, and to your point earlier, encouragement and belief and cheerleading people on and what you just, those words of encouragement, we have no idea how insecure somebody may feel or how discouraged they may feel and what life that can bring to them to help them keep going and moving toward that dream that God's given them. Yeah, that's so good. I have to ask, cause I'm like intrigued by 52. Why the number 52? How'd you come up with that? Um, that was, Honestly, I'm just being honest. That was the publisher. They just said, let's do 52. 52. But I will tell you, um, because I'll, I've always liked the 40, you know, it's like the, in, you know, biblically yep. Yep. 40, um, you know, the magic of, of kind of that number of 40 days and 40 years and all the things. But I actually do like that. It, it takes you through a year. You can do one. You could do it for 52 days. You could do it for, for an entire year. But as I was writing it, um, I was studying um, Nehemiah. And how they built the um, the wall, and you know, it actually took fifty two days. And so God gifted me that it's like, what can we accomplish? Nobody thought that that He and um, the Israelites could could rebuild that wall in fifty two days, but with God they could. And so what could happen in our lives in 52 days? And so it really was the publisher's idea, but then God gifted that to me and it it began, it began to have some, some more purpose and meaning. uh, I love it. That's, that's so good. And yeah, I love what you even shared about the Lauren Daigle song. And I think so often we can, uh, I mean, I've been there where I thought I heard from God. I took the step of obedience, took that step of faith. And then it was like met with a, a wall of some sort or maybe I didn't get the result that I thought it was going to yield. And so I thought, Oh, this can't be from God. I must've heard him wrong. Talk a little bit about that. Um, Because I think that is so that's like an easy way out when we don't see the fruit of, or at least, and maybe, maybe there is fruit. We just don't, it's not the fruit we wanted. Um, How can you encourage the woman to keep going and like to be confident in and be sure of wait, no, no, God said that to me because those little voices inside our head, those little voices, right? Um, there's going to be those whispers along the way to try to get us off course. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I did want to quit. I, I mean, I'm being honest and I did question that I heard him, but it it really was those people coming alongside me and it was writing down. I would encourage everybody to write down when you do feel like you have received a, a word from the Lord and you've gotten confirmation and it's confirmed in the Bible and confirmed by other people. When you feel like that has happened to you, write it down and look back. Because I think we can be just, I mean, it, all throughout the Bible, we are such forgetful people about how God has showed up for us and has showed up for everybody for all, you know, um, in the past. And, and so I, I don't want to forget. I want to remember his past faithfulness so I can remember that he's going to be with me um, in the future. And so we just need it's perseverance, you know, and it's going to be work. None of this is going to be easy. And, you know, going back to the, the garden and the farming, it's like we can plant the seeds. There's some people that may water them. We, we may have the harvest. We may get to enjoy the fruit of our labor, but honestly, we may not, you know, it may be, I had a friend encourage me once. She said, Rachel, are you being the okay with the one that plants the seed, but never see the harvest? And that was such a challenge to me because I think that is the epitome of sacrifice, the epitome of selflessness. 
that it's really, you know, yes, it's wonderful when we can have the harvest and see the fruit, but what does it look like to know that God is working behind the scenes and that he is using us and and just the belief that he is going to use every little bit, every little thing that we do. And he's the one that's going to take it a long way. He's the one that gets the glory. It's not really at the end of the day, it's not about our glory. Um, But I do pray for everyone listening that you would lean on the Lord to persevere in what he's called you to do, but that you would also um, lean into his perspective. You know, so often uh, there's a, a, when my daughter was little, we were at the beach and we were, um, we were digging a hole and like, I literally was just in the middle of this hole and like, we're scooping sand out. And I said, like from the middle of the hole, I was like, Kate, we, are we making any progress? Because it didn't feel like that I was like, I'm doing all this work. And so from above me, Kate is standing there with her bucket and her goggles on the top of her forehead. And she said, mom, we are making progress. You just can't see it from where you are. Mm. And I just think God is saying the same thing to us. Like daughter, keep working. You just can't see the progress from where you are. Just trust me. Keep working and trust me. That's so beautiful. I'm sure as a mom, I always say, man, my kids are such a good teacher. They'll say things to me and the the Lord just whispers, yes, that was for you. Or just seeing that from a, a, yeah, like a kingdom perspective. Oh, that is so good. And I think of the verse, don't grow weary. Like don't grow. If you keep, keep going. Right. Often I think that's so much as we can seek after, like we want the goal, we want to achieve the goal. And then I don't know if you are like me, but then oftentimes that goal, we move the needle and then we like get the new goal. And then we don't ever take time to celebrate what, what actually the Lord has done and what, what we've accomplished with him. And so we can always be living in that, um, like you're not satisfied or it's not enough yet. Or like, Oh, well, because I haven't done this, I don't have value. Right. Because I haven't, I haven't achieved the the number one New York times is that, Oh, maybe I'm not good enough. Or, and so it, it just goes back to our identity and how important our identity in Christ is not because of what we do, but because of whose we are and what Jesus paid the price for and how he sees us is so, so important. Um, Oh, I love it. Okay. So let's, let, I want to ask a couple practical questions. Um, these are for myself. I have my notes right here too. Um, although I went to, she speaks and they do, they do, um, they do give you a lot of this, right? Thank you for sharing. You went there the year before, right? I'm like, Oh yeah, this girl. So that makes me feel a little better. Uh, maybe I should go again. Um, but from a practical perspective, God whispers in your heart, write the book. I want to write, I want to write with you. What are some things that a woman could do to kind of get that process going instead of thinking and dream like a dream, right? It's just a dream unless we actually put action. Faith without works is dead. And so how, what are just maybe a couple practical tips for that woman that has the stirring. She knows this is an assignment. Uh, What can she do to make that process move forward? Yeah. Uh, Step number one is pray. (laughs) Always. That's always, I think that's what goes without saying, but I just, Pray that God would speak to you, listen to his Holy Spirit and what he has for you. Number two, I would say just begin. I mean, that's the, at the end of the day, sit your bottom in the chair, grab your notebook and your pen and or your laptop and just begin. I mean, that's the reality is that a book starts with a letter 
you know, a letter builds to a word, a word builds to a sentence, a sentence builds to a paragraph, paragraphs build to a chapter, and then chapters build to a book. And so it's going to be slow, um, but be okay with that process. And, you know, there's a, there's a, a verse and it's in Zechariah 410 that, um, God just rejoices to see the work begin. Do not despise small beginnings. The Lord rejoices to see it begin. So just begin. That's, that's my encouragement. Um, and then, and then secondly, or thirdly, I would, you know, reach out to other writer friends that have been there that can encourage you and help you, help you talk through the process, help you talk through the ideas, read other books by other authors, um, that are writing on the same things that you're interested in. Listen to podcasts, look up, you know, there's tons of research that you can do just by, you know, Googling the topic that you're thinking about, um, about writing about. And then, you know, there's great conferences and online conferences and in-person conferences and trainings. I know you and I, like I'm a, I'm a member of, I've been a member of Hope Writers and Compel and Called Creatives. Like these are great organizations that want to see you as a writer succeed. And so, um, you know, practically I would just begin and get involved and, and pray and God will honor your obedience. He's going to honor your, yes, he's going to honor your work. And, you know, to going back to, I really feel like I've lived this message of my book because I, again, I feel like I have very little to offer genuinely. And I'm not meaning that like with false humility. It's like, Lord, this is what I have. And I'm giving it to you open-handed. I'm giving you my best. And Lord, I trust you with the outcome. This is what I have. And I need you to take it a long way. Um, so we, we do the work, we are faithful, and then we trust him with the outcome. Yes. I always say that success is in the obedience, not the outcome. Exactly. Success. We have to redefine success from a kingdom lens. Success is God asked me to do it and I did it. And I might not see the fruit. Like you had mentioned, I might not see that this side of heaven. I, I might not. And God delights in our yes. God delights in our obedience. God delights in our trust in him to say, this is worth it. And I love that you're honest about you. You feel like, and I, I think that's really important. Mention that like, there's the false humility where we're like, Oh, I'm not enough, but no, it's like, really, I, I don't have, I, this is what I have. And I think of the woman who she just had that one coin, right? But she gave it, she gave it. And Jesus said her, her giving was more than a wealthy person, right? Her giving was more because it was her heart posture. And so I think so much of writing is opening up our heart to people. I mean, I, I know the first time that I was like determined to do it. And I'm like, yes, Lord, I give you my yes. And I was getting myself all in the mood. I had a candle going. I had my laptop. I turned on worship music. I was, you know, prayed all the things. And I sat at my computer and wept. I wrote one line and I just sat there and wept and wept because I thought, oh, this is so vulnerable. This is so tender. Oh my goodness. What am I doing? And then those thoughts, who are you creep in? Why is your, why does your story matter? Why do the lessons the Lord's walked you through? Why are they significant? Why would anyone want to read this book? You know, what is this even about? Did God really tell you all the things, right? And this is the importance of taking a thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. And I want to highlight too what you had mentioned about writing it down. So Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision, make it plain so that if somebody sees it, they can run with it. Sometimes we're the person that needs to read it again so that we can keep running the race, <laughs> right. right? It's not, it's you know, sometimes we're the person that forgets. 
right? We're the person that the vision gets distorted. We're the person that, that, that idea starts to get really muddled. And we're like, wait, what, what am I even doing? And I love that tip to write that down. Cause in that fresh vision, oftentimes we have an excitement, a little bit of like anticipation, a little bit of like, wait, me? Oh, Ooh, the possibilities get exciting. And then of course, along the way we get discouraged and all of the things. And so, um, I, I just, I love some of your really practical tips and, taking those thoughts captive as quickly as possible and making them obedient to Christ. What does God say? What did God say? What is God saying right now? And um, I just love it. I can't wait to get a copy. And so tell us a little bit more, tell us the title again and tell us when it's going to be available. And then I would love for you to tell the listeners uh, where else they can find you, your podcast and anywhere else. Um, yeah. And I just, if I may, I I really want to go back to what you said about our thoughts, because I think if we don't do what God is leading us to do, you know, that then the enemy wins. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what he wants to do. He wants to distract us from our purpose. And so don't let him win. You know, God gets that final victory. And then too, there's a parable of the, um, of the talents and, and I don't want the women listening. It's like, God has given you something. We may feel like we're the one with the five or the two, but sometimes we feel like we're the one with only the one, but that one talent, that person buried it. So don't bury your talents. You want to, to get to heaven one day and God say, you did exactly like, well done, good and faithful servant. And there's something that God has given you. What is it? Maybe call, call that out in somebody else. Um, ask people to call that out in you, but God has given you something to steward. And so we want to steward um, that well. And so, yes, this, this book is called a little goes a long way, 52 days to a significant life. It is available now for pre-order and then it is officially releases October the 4th. And you can find me at Rachel Adams author on social media and then rachelkadams.com is my website. And then the podcast is called the love offering. Awesome. And don't worry, you know, I'll link everything below. So you don't have to frantically be writing it down, but go get yourself a copy of a little goes a long way. And I love, um, I just, I love the concept. I love everything about it. I love your heart. You're so, I just feel like you have such a pure heart and it's evident in how you speak. And so I just pray blessings over you and this, this launch and everything else. Um, and so I have to ask again, because probably it's that, okay, now that you've done this, are you writing another book? Do you have that stirring in your heart? Do you, oh, like, it's like the next, what's coming next. And I will say it's only, it's interesting because it's only, and I want to steward this message first. Well, but I do, it's like, you know, when you open the Bible and God keeps like highlighting this one word this has been happening for quite a while and I've been journaling about it. And I, it's like, okay, God, I don't know where this will lead. And it may be a rabbit trail like my last one was, but so yes, there's a, 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 a little bit of a simple nudging and a whisper um, that I'm paying attention to and writing it down for future reference. <laughs> That's so good. And I, I think let's just highlight this too. If we're in noisy, a noisy place all the time, right? We won't hear this small whisper. Rachel's mentioned several times that little nudge that little, don't ignore that because mm-hmm. there's significance in that. And I also just want to go back to this because I wrote this down earlier too. I love how like 
you had an idea in your head and it really, it was the heart of the message. Even though the title isn't the same, it's not of the hundreds that you wrote and all of that, the heart of the message is there. And so I just encourage those of you who might, this doesn't look or feel like you're just like, I don't really know that um, it's going to, our job is to like work on what's inside the package, right? And then God will put that, that title or that, whatever that outside is, but really the work is in the inside. And so, um, I, I just, I just, I love your whole story. I love it. And it's continuing. God's continuing to write your story. Another thing I said, you said too, I just want to highlight surround yourself with people who are a little further than you right? Who have already walked that path and surround yourself with people who believe in you, right? And believe in God that wants to work through you, right? There's that component too. It's not just believing in you, but believing that God's called you to something that's significant. And I'm going to touch on this too, because I think it's a a message you had mentioned. Um, God's given each of us something of significance. And I love the story of Esther. And so, so often we say that we were made for such a time as it is. And that's like a empowering, like, yes, me. And we forget sometimes that Mordecai said, and if you don't, God will choose somebody else to save them. So I think there is, um, there's not pressure in this, but, and there is, if God has given us something, the Lord's speaking to me now, there is a little bit of a sense of urgency. There is a little bit like that thing that God gave you is significant and somebody else needs it. And so it's not just for you, something else that you had said, but, and if you don't, God will choose someone else to lead someone into this, this, the heart of the message, right? So Rachel, I honor you. I am so glad that God connected us 2019 table 44 at the She Speaks conference. I am cheering you on and I can't wait to see um, what that other little nudge is next. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. 